So hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Noggin Zone podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about psychedelics and uh, the different uses of it. Not not really talking about different uses of it. Rather, we would be uh, more into understanding that how it definitely changes your brain or what it does to your brain, so that you get some really weird and usual uh, visual uh, changes and uh, you know auditory changes now usually when we think about psychedelics uh, if you have read a lot a little bit about law if you know about the laws uh, it is certified as level one drug which is uh, next to heroin and cocaine which is not that good when you think about psychedelics that not, not not a lot of people die because of consumption of uh, psychedelics and it is not nearly as addictive caffeine is actually more addictive than psychedelic itself so you don't have to go to any kind of a rehab center just to get off uh, you know any kind of psychedelics now before starting this i just want to con- say that i do not condone any kind of uh, drug abuse or uh, intake of any illegal drugs uh if you live in certain countries uh there may be some laws uh you know it depends where you live in if you live in canada or america certain parts of america you can just go and buy weed as a recreational drug but if you live in singapore or any asian countries uh it's a bit of a problem so yeah now let's just dive into the subject of what it does to your brain i'm going to talk about a few of the main psychedelics i'm not uh, that well versed into how they work so i researched it along uh, different uh, magazines uh, a lot of different like authors and all and uh, came to this conclusion that's the reason why i'm a bit late uh, while i'm uh, putting this out so let's get into it so we're going to talk about the four of the most common uh, psychedelic drugs that are actually available uh, for consumption i mean legally or illegally uh, so one of them is ayahuasca the next is dmt the next is mdma and uh, one of the famous is mushrooms so shrooms uh, which are technically called psilocybins and uh, you know uses uh, go through a wild and uh, bit of a mind-bending experience when we talk about uh, uh, psychedelics because it kind of opens up your senses and uh, deepens your connection to the spirit world uh, not all trips are like you know equal uh, when you talk about ayahuasca you can talk about a few hours of a buzz but when you talk about dmt it's usually like uh, 20 minutes even though when ayahuasca's main uh, constitute which causes all the hallucination is a dmt in itself but yeah there's a lot of factors that plays into it the main uh, reason why uh, psychedelics work or the thing that they do is because they have chemicals of course and uh, your brain actually has a lot of chemicals in it so what happens is uh, this our brain has a certain receptors so it 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 kind of understands what chemicals your brain is releasing at certain points and uh, acts accordingly so that's the reason why we feel sad or we kind of feel happy at certain times we feel sad and angry maybe you know all everything that you feel is just because of a chemicals uh what your body actually feels is chemicals we not going to talk about anything spiritual at this point because again that's a different topic so uh talking about all these psychedelics and uh, uh 
uh, as I said, it's usually the chemicals which causes all these problems or anything that, you know, your body goes through. So when we talk about any of the chemicals that we intake from outside, it's definitely going to change your chemical constituent, especially in your brain when we are talking about psychedelics. Now, in this thing, uh, when we take supposing shrooms or, you know, psilocybin, which is uh, commonly known as uh it usually gets attached to the serotonin receptor. Now, serotonin is chemically present in your body and it's present in your bloodstream. It's in your brain usually. But what happens is in uh, the serotonin is actually a feel-good kind of a hormone which help, actually helps you to uh, kind of get better, feel good, you know, rather than sad. So serotonin is actually a feel-good hormone or a chemical. So what happens is... Uh, when you take in a shroom or any kind of psychedelics, it goes and attaches to the serotonin receptors, which makes it feel that you are actually feeling good at that time. And usually the chemical that goes and attaches closes the lid to that receptor, which means that the chemical actually stays in that receptor for a really, really long time. And we can talk about an LSD trip, which lasts about like 12 hours or 8 hours, depending on the dose that you are having. But yeah, so that's the thing, whole thing that goes uh, into psychedelics. So the first thing is uh, we're going to talk about ayahuasca. Now, ayahuasca is not usually famous when when you talk about psychedelics. It's not present everywhere. You cannot take it everywhere, especially if you are from uh, other countries. Like if you are from, uh, uh, say... Latin America or Central America, it, it may be uh, common for you, but here, especially in India, it's no, it's it's no, no, nobody have heard about ayahuasca, and even this is like the second time I've heard. Uh, one uh, which I've heard is from the Vsauce video. Uh, it's I guess a minefield video, and it's pretty amazing. If you uh, want to watch it, it's on YouTube, uh, and then it's for free. So. Just go on. Uh, Michael Steven uh, from Vsauce actually goes and uh, goes into a place where it is uh, legal to consume ayahuasca. It, he takes uh, two different doses and uh, talks about the experience he goes through. So, yeah, please check it out if you want to. Now, let's talk about how this thing actually works. So, ayahuasca is an Asian plant-based tea derivative. Now, it is combined with a different type of leaf. Uh, and uh, uh, veins and a lot of different things. Uh, it, it is dr it's uh, drinkable, I would say. It's not a pill or a, a strip of paper or anything like that. It was really used for a real long time. Uh, we can trace it back to like hundreds of years. And uh, it was used as cure for a lot of mental illnesses and actually a tap into the spiritual world. Some religious groups in Brazil consume the hallucinogenic brew as a religious sacrament. And in like recent years, regular folks have started using ayahuasca for greater self-awareness. Now, we can talk about uh, the scientific uh, side of these things uh, because uh, there is a lot of uh, research that have, people have done about this ayahuasca. When you talk about uh, psychedelics, uh, ayahuasca, I would say it's one of the most studied uh you know psychedelics uh so yeah so what the 
you know the doctors have been saying about this what what the researchers have been saying this that it actually increases the neural activity and uh, uh, you know as well as the limbic system the region deep inside the temporal lobe uh, which is actually responsible for processing memories and emotions so it usually gives you a boost when you talk about uh, memory and emotion that's the reason why we feel a kind of trip when we are ta- talking about psychedelics in itself and talking about ayahuasca we can cannot can also quite uh, default uh, the brain's uh, mode of network now usually our brain has networks and that's how it communicates with different parts of its brain this psychedelic actually improves the connection between our brains that that what the study says and it 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 can also help you to go through depression and anxiety and social phobia now this is one side of the research other side says that in certain uh, conditions people may even suffer from a depression because of psychedelics uh, because the trip is good or it's bad so if it's bad he can have he or she can have uh, experience during sleep uh, when it, when he is even not tripping at that point and can have different effects now according to dr riba he uh, he's a spanish uh, you know a researcher and has done extensive research on this field and he says that ayahuasca experience a trip that can be quite intense depending on the dose consumed and uh, the psychological effects comes after like 45 minutes and hits uh, within a peak of hour or two physically the worst a person will feel is nausea or vomiting so again telling you about psychedelics it wouldn't cause that uh, there is nothing as overdose or something because you know uh, even though when we talk about psychedelics uh, we take a really really small dose even microdosing is a thing uh, i'll talk about uh, it in the further episodes or maybe in the end uh, so it's usually used and uh, after so much research by dr riba he says that unlike lsd or psilocybin mushrooms people on ayahuasca are fully aware that they are hallucinating so once you trip on lsd or psilocybin it's not that good but uh, and and you don't know what you're actually doing but ayahuasca it's usually it takes you to a trance like state and a meditative kind of state that's why it is used as a spiritual thing in central america and uh, brazil if you talk about latin america too and uh, talking about other uh, drugs uh, his team has currently is actually currently studying uh, the post stage of ayahuasca effects like it is dubbed as an afterglow so for they have found out that during this afterglow period the regions of the brain associated with a sense of self have stronger connection to the other areas that controls memory and emotion now according to the research it says that it actually helps you to understand more about yourself and uh, it's a kind of a psychotherapeutic uh, intervention so you know the research is kind of good it talks about uh, mindfulness and all those other things uh, if you want to know more about it um, there's a whole research paper by dr riba on the internet it's you can just go and look at it if you want to the next thing we're going to talk about is dimethyl triphetamine uh, which is dmt now this is this has a lot of patient for it, for it it's not fentanyl 
it's uh, different. It's DMT, uh, fentanyl is um, kind of a, even grade one drug, but it's bad. Uh, even this is bad, but <laughs> we are talking about the good effects of this. Uh, again, I'm talking about I do not condone anything and uh, it's just for educational purposes. So, yeah. Uh, DMT again. So, DMT has a close structure uh, to uh, melatonin or serotonin. Uh, and as I said, it goes to the receptor where it's uh, usually under- the brain confuses it for serotonin and it sits there and gives you a trip. Uh, now, usually if you have uh, a DMT crystal, you can take it like orally, but the problem with it is that if you take it orally, the stomach will, stomach enzymes will break it down and make it go and it you wouldn't have a trip. So it's usually taken by bongs or it's like smoking up or, you know, all the other things rather than just swallowing the pill or, you know, just all the other things. So yeah, so uh, the DMT is actually the main constituent of ayahuasca, as I said. So it's like usually mixed with wines and uh, the V-I-N-E, not W-I-N-E, and, uh, you know, taken as a tea. So it helps uh, it to be taken up by your blood and uh, transport it to uh, your brain. Now, there is a doctor named as Dr. Rick Strassman. He was uh, one of the first people to actually publish a groundbreaking research on psychedelic drug- drugs, which was actually done about two decades ago. So about 10 to 25 years ago. And uh, yeah, after that, nobody has done a lot of research on it because of, you know, various funding reasons. Nobody funds, uh, you know, drugs and all. Because the first thing is that no company has patent on this, on this drug so that you know, if 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 a company has patent on it, they'll try to prove that this thing is good and it can be used in certain ways, and they will uh, fund research and all the organizations that will help them. But in this case, uh, drugs were like used way before then even medical uh, professionals uh, uh, were, you know, even call, called called uh, medical professionals. So uh, there's no patents and. Uh, Big corporate companies uh, wouldn't, uh, I would say, uh, have a kind of uh, profit from this. So that's the reason there's not uh, not a lot lot of research in the case of psychedelics or any other things. Uh, Talking about uh, THC, which is weed, uh, it's it's a kind of a a profitable business. That's the reason why it is well researched and, uh, you know, it's still in the market. Now, let's get on back to the DMT. Now, DMT, uh, he wrote a lot of books about it. He, I, I guess two books. Uh, one was DMT, The Spirit Molecule, and the second was DMT and the Soul Prophecy. It's really good. It is one of the only compounds that can cross the blood-brain barrier. So, uh, the blood vessels that actually takes these chemicals to your, your brain can actually leak out of the bloodstream. Uh, it, it's really small and... Uh, yeah, it can mix up with your uh, brain fluids, the extracellular brain fluids, uh, which, you know, your brain is actually in the skull and is covered by fluids all around it. So the DMT actually goes into this fluid, hence it can eat into your brain uh, when you consider DMT in itself. So yeah, it, it's one of the only things that can cross uh, the blood brain barrier. And yeah, it's just like any other nutrients uh, that your brain needs uh, to work. So yeah, DMT is, you know, again, uh, produced normally by your brain, but in really small concentrations. Some people say that meditation and doing certain uh, 
things can you know help you to increase the dmt level in your brain and have a kind of trip or hallucination on your like people say it i don't know again uh, people in uh, back in ancient india used to do that, those things and uh, you know trip the hell out of them when they are even not taking dmt so yeah that could be a thing now again there's not a lot of research done it again talks about increased brain activities when you take in uh, dmt and uh, helps to connect your brain uh, repair it and uh, yeah gives a deeper uh, sense of self vivid images and sounds are then deeper and uh, you get a deeper introspection about yourself uh, in the past trossman has suggested dmt to be used as a therapy tool to treat depression anxiety and all the other medical conditions now we are talking about 25 years ago so depression and all weren't a lot uh, you know talked loud about and uh, yeah so not a lot of research had been done and yet to be done uh, and again it has a long uh, uh, thing about it back in the days now so let's keep that drug aside and uh, talk about our next uh, drug uh, so the next drug is mdma unlike dmt mdma is not naturally occurring psychedelic the drug otherwise called as molly or ecstasy is a synthetic concoction popularly among uh, raves and club kids uh, usually so that's the reason it's again not well studied because it is a so called a new age drug and uh, you know it's not good for anybody and it causes a lot of different problems it's not the mdma which actually causes any problem but uh usually because it's illegal again uh mdma is usually mixed with other kind of uh, kind of uh, kind of things on chemicals which uh are not good again if it it's on the street it's definitely adulterated and uh, you know certain other things are added to it maybe cocaine or heroin or fentanyl or any other things which actually makes the buyer to get addicted to it and come back and buy it because mdma in in, in itself is not that addictive it's not addictive at all any psychedelic is not addictive if you are getting addicted to any kind of psychedelic it is because it is adulterated with some other kind of substituent which is actually addictive so yeah it is not good so when you talk about ecstasy or mdma it triggers at the release of three uh, neurotransmitters serotonin dopamine and norepinephrine no refi i don't know how to say this name i've been struggling to say this name google it yourself because i don't know how to spell it so serotonin and dopamine is the main thing that actually it releases so third thing which is norepinephrine is not a big thing that it releases it helps your brain to release the serotonin and dopamine rather than going and attaching itself to the serotonin or dopamine receptors so yeah you feel good after taking it and it also shows uh, that the level of hormones that is released by your body uh, like oxytocin is it increases which gives us the feeling of euphoria and uh, yeah and that's a big thing that it helps your brain to release serotonin now a large level of consumption of it would make your brain more addictive to serotonin so small level of serotonin or dopamine wouldn't help your brain to cope up with a normal things so we can say that when you have a uh, molly or ecstasy a day the next day even if your brain releases a really small amount of serotonin it's not going to work for you usually when this small level a uh, small uh, amount of serotonin or dopamine is released by your brain 
it feels like uh, you know it makes you feel happy but your brain needs a lot of it to make you feel happy once you are addicted to molly so stay away from it but again if we are talking about microdosing and using it at a uh, level uh, it's good for your depression and uh, can treat you uh, even if your body is uh, kind of uh, coping to release dopamine or serotonin in the first place uh, there are a few people with genetic problems and a lot, a lot of different problems which is actually related to their lifestyle which makes them not release enough serotonin or dopamine uh, which is again bad for you because you'll feel depressed throughout and yeah that's the reason why in the first place a lot of people take these drugs so that they can feel a sense of high and more than that they can feel a bit better than depression so last year the us food and drug administration guaranteed a researchers uh, permission was you know, granted to some certain people that a large scale clinical trials to examine the effects of using mdma as treatments for post traumatic stress disorders can be done and uh, a lot of trials had been done i guess phase 2 trials were done uh, which is backed by maps uh, which is an non-profit found back in 1980s and found that it actually helps you to get through depression and through uh, ptsd so and a good thing and uh, you know can be used in certain region but the problem is that mdma can actually uh, could lead to a kind of a dehydration heart failures kidney failures and irregular heartbeats and if someone mdma uh, doesn't drink enough water or has an, any kind of underlying health issue can be life threatening so unless like ayahuasca or the other drug that i talked about oh, what i talked about i talked about mdma before that uh yeah dmt so it's not life threatening to take ayahuasca or dmt uh, but yeah again if you take a molly it's not that good okay so the next drug we're going to talk about is uh, psilocybin uh, now psilocybin is a you know shrooms as the street name goes as and there are about 200 species of this that's the reason a lot of people die because of this if you take the best quality and the quality that is regulated checked and all it's kind of good uh, i guess back in 2010 uh, you could have uh, you can easily buy uh, psilocybin mushrooms back in netherlands and uh, you can have a great time with it uh, even not worrying about if that thing is uh, a fraud or uh, if it's poisonous and all but the problem when it gets uh, under a legal uh, I, I, i would say uh, comes under a lot of laws and pressure the thing is that uh, these drugs actually get more dangerous because there are, as i said there are more than 200 species so you can't just look at a mushroom and say that it's a, a mushroom that will trip you or just kill you and you know that mushrooms are not that good for your health if you if it's if they are poisonous and we can't even say because being a botanist again i'm a botanist uh, myself and uh, i'm not a botanist i'm studying about it but uh, you like there are plethora of mushrooms and you just can't look at it and say that they are dangerous until they have some distinct like really distinct features because a lot of these mushrooms look kind of uh, similar 
And uh, the research which was done by the Imperial College London and it was published in 2014 found out that psilocybin actually fits into the serotonin receptors as I told you and cause a stronger communication between parts of your brain that normally disconnects from each other. Scientists uh, have done MRI scans of the people who uh, were given uh, psilocybin and people who are, who were not given psilocybin and the difference is huge. Uh, the brain activities goes up and uh, yeah the researchers uh, from imperial college london have found that uh, it actually helps you with dreaming enhanced emotional being and uh, you know uh, a lot of different things a uh, paul expert uh, dr paul expert uh, from uh, imperial college london says that uh, these strong connections are responsible for creating a different state of consciousness now we are still working on consciousness and how does this thing work? Uh, is it magic mushroom which will help you to talk about certain things? Now, talking about reality, it's just what what we think of and it's made up of our five senses if you think deep enough. Uh, everything around you is just made up of five senses. Touch, smell, uh, what you see and what you hear. And uh, yeah, it's nothing more than that because everything, according to a physicist, is... Uh, non-existent because most of the space is empty and uh, when talk about biology it's just a bunch of chemicals which are working in order so that you can keep alive but the sense of consciousness is completely different than either of those those things because it's not chemical it's something else and uh, yeah people are using uh, certain sort of psychedelics to understand what consciousness really means and give them a deeper understanding of spiritualism and a lot of people like really get off the fear of dying a lot of people have this fear of uh, death and uh, um, certain things and when you talk about spirituality it's it, it just removes uh, a certain fears because you think that there is a much more than just your brain and your body and if it if you lose your brain or your body it means that there is a lot more than it. Uh, people, according to string theory, talk about 11 dimensions and we just know four. Like if you just put in the dimension of time, probably it's much more than that. Uh, so yeah, I just took a spiritual turn at the end. But yeah, uh, this was it. Uh, this was what I was talking about, uh, what it does to your brain. I'm going to talk about pros and cons about it in an any upcoming episode uh just leave in um whatever you like uh you guys if you want to listen something about uh certain things or uh, maybe a certain drug maybe uh or you know anything related to science i would like to talk about science a lot uh, that's what i do so uh you can check out my instagram handle which is at noggin zone podcast uh just go in there dm me like my pictures if you want to and it's not mine it's definitely i'll give you an update when an episode is coming up it's usually alternate days sometimes i miss but yeah i don't usually so uh thank you guys thank you for listening uh keep learning and keep exploring don't dm me i mean dm me dm me just dm me and get your ideas into my head and let me make a new podcast about it